Hi, this is Greg Anderson, and this is the Living in Carver County podcast. It's an insider's look at the people and uh, that are making things happen that in Carver County that make Carver County a wonderful place to uh, live, work, and raise a family. Today, I am at Westwood Community Church over in Chanhassen, and I'm here with Denny Laufenberger. Denny was the former mayor of Chanhassen, and he's also involved in some really interesting things that we'll talk about in a little bit. Thank, Denny, thanks for letting me come over, and it's a pleasure to be here. Well, Greg, thank you very much, and I appreciate the invitation to uh, have an opportunity to talk about the community of Chanhassen, things in Carver County, and uh, some things that I'm involved with. So thanks for having me here. Terrific. Before we get going, maybe if you can give people a little sense of your background, where did you grow up, and how is it that you, um, you know, what happened that caused you to get involved in local politics? Sure, uh, sure. A lot of people talk about head injuries and stuff, but... <laughs> well, for but... me, it wasn't a head injury by any means. Uh, Greg, I grew up in uh, the community of Waconia in western Carver County in the 50s and 60s. Uh, graduated from high school there. Um, was very involved with uh, my family and the activities in that community. Um, a lot of the uh, service that is part of my DNA comes from my father, who was very involved in school board, uh, local chamber of commerce, uh, Carver County Fair Board uh, during the 50s and 60s. So uh, uh, I have that rich history f- for me. Sure. Um, after, Legacy uh, of service. Exactly. Um, after leaving Waconia, I... Uh, uh, tried college for a little while, and that didn't work out real well, so I entered the U.S. Navy in 1970, spent four years in the U.S. Navy, so I'm a veteran. Um, and uh, my wife and I, who I married while I was, uh, while I was in the Navy, uh, we spent most of our time in Washington, D.C., where I was introduced to computers in the Naval Communications Station that I worked at. Um, so that introduction to computers got me very interested in the technology of computers and how they can be used to um, help businesses be more efficient. So I spent 40 years in the uh, sales and marketing and public relations business, uh, executive management and leadership in a number of different companies. Um, And I was uh, specifically, uh, my job was to help businesses, generally large enterprise businesses, use computer technology for purposes of advancing their brand, advancing their their image, whatever it might have been. Um, did that for 40 years. I retired from that in 2010. Um, beginning in 2000, um, actually in 1995, my wife and I moved back to the Twin Cities from a, an opportunity I had working with IBM out in uh, New York. And when we came back, we found Chanhassen, found a home in Chanhassen and looked for a church to worship. And we began worshiping at Westwood Community Church, which began it had its roots at the Chanhassen Dinner Theater. Um, we followed Westwood from the Dinner Theater to the high school into the current building that we're in right now. And uh, my wife and I both had a history of volunteering uh, during our marriage with kids and churches were generally the outlet that we uh, used for volunteering. So it was very natural for us to get involved in volunteering at Westwood. Um, also served as a, uh, a leader of a ministry team that uh, served a community in Honduras that was devastated by Hurricane Mitch in 1998. Um, so that was my uh, that was a a, a big uh, volunteer involvement uh, with the church from 2001 until uh, 2008. And during that time, um, Pastor Joel Johnson had an opportunity to see some of the things that I did from a leadership standpoint. And uh, he, along with the nominating committee, invited me to serve in leadership 
at, at the church here. So I was on the leadership board from 2005 until 2013. During that time, a member of church reached out to me and said, Denny, there's a job at in the city of Chanhassen that I think you should get involved with. And it, this was a planning commission job. So I said, are you sure you see me doing that? And he said, yeah, I see you doing that. So I approached the city council and said, uh, here are my hats in the ring for this planning commission job. So in 2008, I became a member of the city of Chanhassen planning commission. That led to uh, a meeting that I had with uh, then mayor and city council member, and they invited me to run for city council. So in 2010, I ran for city council in Chanhassen. And then uh, similarly, when the former mayor, Tom Furlong, announced that he was planning to not run for re-election, um, he encouraged me to run for mayor. So in 2010, uh, excuse me, 2014, I ran for mayor and was elected mayor. And uh, my time as mayor uh, ended in December of 2018. So I had three years on the city uh, planning commission, four years on city council as a council member, and then four years as mayor. So I had good 11 years in the city of Chanhassen. Enjoyed my time. It was uh, real worthwhile. So. Well, those are some pretty interesting times to be involved in local government, especially um, you know, with the growth that Chanhassen was having prior to the recession. And then, of course, the the challenges of going through the recession. So those are some pretty amazing times. What were some of the biggest challenges that you found um, from your perspective, uh, you know, that the community were, that was going through other than the obviously economic things that sure um, happening to everyone? But. I think that uh, from, from my seat in uh, city government, uh, I think that the community of Chanhassen was pretty resilient. Um, uh, yes, you know, home prices were depressed a little bit during the recession, but uh, Chanhassen, the community and its surrounding uh, amenities, the school district, uh, the arboretum, parks and trails, uh, the lakes, the recreation opportunity, all of those things continued to make Chanhassen an attractive destination, not only for families, families with children, but also the businesses that would serve those families. Um, uh, we continued to have uh, development of our uh, retail operation or retail uh, businesses in the community of Chanhassen. Um, large, large corporations like Lifetime Fitness, Rosemount, they continued to expand uh, as they are continuing to expand now. So I think there was some resilience. So if there was a challenge for us, it was, um, it was ensuring that we kept taxes low in a growing community. And one of the ways that we did that is we, uh, at city council level, we always looked at what's the new growth in the city year to year and how can we use the property tax bump that we get from the new growth to fund the high demand for services, for snow plowing, for parks and trails, for uh, uh, any of a number of things that the city, um, uh, so the services that the city provided to the citizens. And for the most part, based on the financial strength that had been put in place by Tom Furlong and then city manager uh, Todd Gerhardt during the years of uh, 2002 through 2014, or excuse me, 2002 through 2014, uh, the conservative principles that we followed uh, were, uh, I think, paid rich dividends for the citizens of Chanhassen. Uh, for as long as I was on the council, we had the lowest tax rate uh, of any city in the 
in Carver County. And we did that by, uh, you know, watching our, uh, watching our spending and spending only on the necessary things. But during that same time, from when I was on the council from 2010 through 2018, uh, we had pretty reasonable development. In fact, I think in, in 2000, I think in 2018 alone, we had $110 million of new development in the city of Chanhassen. That was both commercial uh, and um, uh, residential, industrial. So it was, a big, it was a big year in 2018. Yeah, that is, that's remarkable. What were the biggest developments that happened, the biggest commercial developments that maybe are outside of people's awareness? I mean, people are aware of Lifetime, of course, because of sure. the visibility and the number of people that attend, uh, that do work out there. And and obviously, the visibility on that corner is is yeah. pretty significant. But we had so we had some other uh, developments during that time. Uh, uh, Southwest Crossing and Southwest Village, the uh, the bus station uh, came in in that time frame, and also the the businesses of the Vintage and uh, Quick Trip and um, Primrose uh, on the corner on the northeast corner of One Hundred One and uh, Lyman came in at that time. Uh, let's see, there were some big residential things that came in, reflections of, and Lake Riley came in. Um, there was, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, uh, I think Vassarman Ridge was completed. Um, I think so. Ch- children's, uh, children's Learning Adventure came in in that time. Um, let's see, there was... Um, Talk about that. That's a, it's kind of an amazing building for people who don't have, I, like I don't have small children anymore, yeah. so I don't have no occasion to go in there, but... Just talk about that as a development, because that was a well. Let's go back to amazing. Prior to 2010, uh, that was a um, uh, it was a, a golf driving range at one time, and uh, it really sat idle for a long, long time. And then uh, the city council was presented with an opportunity for uh, that property become a uh, an apartment building, and there was some controversy associated with the density of that apartment building. Uh, I think Apadan was the developer, if I'm not mistaken. But that apartment building, uh, originally they came in with uh, plans for something like 250 apartments on that property. And uh, finally the city council approved, I think it was 150 uh, unit development, but it never happened. Uh, And in fact, the plan unit development that the city council had approved for that never took off. And that's when Children's Learning Adventure came in, learned about that property, looked at the demographics and the growth that was taking place in Chanhassen, decided hey, there's an opportunity. There is a, an unmet need for um, full-scale um, uh, education development, uh, preschool and post uh, and after-school activities. And so the developer came in and presented us with a plan, and uh, we felt that it was, it, it was acceptable for the community. And, uh, and now they're, I think they've been there for probably three or four years. Yeah. I don't know anything about how what success they're having or not, but I drive by and there's cars and there's kids coming and going. So It is palatial. I mean, yeah, it is. <laughs> well, it was originally uh, characterized as daycare on steroids. So uh, well, yeah. We had a <laughs> country t- club for children. Yeah, I, well, I took a tour of the facility and there are, there are educational stimulation rooms throughout that building. There's a, there's a bowling alley, there's a kitchen, there's a, Oh uh, there's a, the equivalent of a uh, uh, journalism uh, with uh, kids can pretend that they're in uh, newsrooms. There's, I mean, it, it's quite amazing. And I would say if any parents have young kids that they would, they would like to have those kids exposed to 
multiple opportunities for growth, for uh, learning. Uh, certainly check out CLA, Children's Learning Adventure, and uh, they'll be happy to give you a tour. Great okay. organization. Well, cool. I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the big, the national attention that Chan Hansen got a few years ago uh, when it's probably arguably most famous resident passed away. Um, talk a little bit about that, about the whole, you know, that, that, that whole process and sure. the, obviously the number of people that came in, the, the, the memorials and things that were left on the fence and, yeah. and the evolution of that as, a, as a, desti- a tourist destination. Well, April 21st, 2016 was the day. But I want to go back one day prior to that, if I may. By the way, we're talking about Prince. If you... Oh, yeah. This is, uh, yeah. Prince, Prince, I'm assuming people would yeah. know that, but, you know, just... Prince Rogers Nelson, who uh, in 1987 uh, built Paisley Park uh, and brought his, his brand to Chanhassen. Um, but on the evening of, on Wednesday evening, April 20th, 2016, I participated in a... Uh, kind of a brainstorming session. Uh, the city of Chanhassen was uh, exploring ways to uh, uh, talk about and uh, identify uh, what are the things that make Chanhassen a great community uh, for uh, people, as, and you mentioned in, in the introduction, a great place to live, work, and raise a family. And of course, uh, Chanhassen has been recognized by CNN Money Magazine a number of times as being anywhere from second through 10th in the country in terms of small town city. Family Circle Magazine gave us uh, the best small town city to raise a family. So the awards have been um, um, certainly prevalent. And uh, though we don't work to get the awards, they are testimony to the goodness that we have in Chanhassen. Prince, and, and the Prince, work that's been done. And Prince saw that as well. But on that night, on April 20th, as we were recounting what are the things that make Chanhassen such a, such a big deal, um, parks and trails and all of those things, school district, I said, well, Prince is our neighbor. And at the time, it didn't resonate real loudly, but certainly people recognized that, hey, Prince likes our community. So the following morning, at about 10 o'clock in the morning, I'm driving to St. Paul to be part of a presentation at the... Uh, at the BCA offices in St. Paul, and I get a phone call from my uh, uh, from the city manager, Todd Gerhardt, and his first words to me, I said, hey, Todd, good morning, what's happening? And he said, your neighbor passed away. And I thought to myself, well, where I live, I'm not aware of any of my neighbors that were even close to that. And then it clicked that the previous night I had said, Prince is our neighbor. Hmm. In fact, when he told me that, uh, that uh, they had an incident at Paisley Park and uh, the coroner was about to pronounce Prince as being dead, immediately I went into planning and preparation mode. And I said, Todd, I've got to go to this meeting, but when I come back at noon, let's pull together what we need to do in order to uh, be prepared. And, and what's interesting to me, Greg, and most people know this, Chan Hassan has prepared for 30,000 people every July 4th. Uh, we have traffic incidents where we have to mobilize uh, law enforcement to do traffic management and pedestrian safety and traffic safety. Um, so in our history... Like we, just cars and coffee. Yeah, <laughs> cars and, exactly, cars and coffee at the Autoplex. So we have a history of being prepared for these big events, but... It's uncommon for us to have to do all of that in an instantaneous situation. 
Sure. Well, that's exactly what Todd Gerhardt and his department heads did. They prepared in an instant for uh, the presence of uh, news media. We closed down Audubon Road. Uh, uh, we. Uh, what's interesting is that there were baseball games that were or softball games that were scheduled at Lake Ann Park that evening, that Thursday evening, but there was a slight rain, so uh, Todd um, Hoffman canceled all of those games. So we had parking space available at Lake Ann Park where people could park. Uh, Literally right across the right road. across the street. In fact, going through the tunnel, which which was also fortuitous because little did we know the tunnel, the walkway between Lake Ann Park and Paisley Park would eventually become a great uh, center of tributes, uh, graffiti tributes to Prince, and uh, those tributes continue today. So going back to the, we could never prepare for um, for the activities of, uh, of that one day, April 21st, when uh, the city was inundated with um, thousands of people, media from all over the world. Um, but one of the first things that I did when I returned to the office that Thursday at 12 noon is I sat down and drafted a, a brief message on behalf of the city of Chanhassen expressing our appreciation for and our great uh, gratitude for what Prince meant to our community, uh, saying, uh, offering our sympathies to the family and his fans. And uh, that message was posted along with the press release from the Carver County Sheriff's Office regarding uh, Prince's passing. And as a result of that, uh, and that was shared around the world, mm-hmm. and uh, that made it clear that Chan Hassan was a, an, uh, a community that was welcoming and accepting of all who would come. In the following three weeks, when we had thousands of people uh, place tributes on the fence and spend time in on Audubon and at Lake Ann and in our community, not a single incident of uh, of um, violence or um, uh, law enforcement needed to incur. So this was a very solemn time in our community and the people who visit us from all over the world Mm -hmm. saw Chanhassen at its very best. We were ready, we were welcoming, we were prepared for for all of those people. And you executed. Yeah, and uh, the tribute of Mr. Gerhardt, uh, Mr. Hoffman, uh, Kate Annanson, Paul Only, all of those people that were involved in you know, setting up um, the the barriers, uh, making uh, Audubon Road safe uh, with uh, the metal barrier in front of the 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 walkway. It was just it was a it was a showcase event, and a lot of things were written about the city of Chanhassen in the manner in which that uh, it was it was done. It was it was a pleasure to be have a front row seat of those activities. Yeah, I mean, take something that's very sad and and. Um... And do the best you can with it, and and handle it with some dignity and grace, and that, well, that was very well done. Yeah. I, yeah, I thought you guys. I thought overall, I thought yeah. it was very well done. And tribute to the Chanhassen citizens as well. Um, you know, all of these people coming to our community. It, it wasn't all gravy. You know. Oh yeah. No, the I, fact <laughs> that that there were all these people here that there that was a little bit of an uh, an encumbrance to some people, especially those who live down in the Bird neighborhood and down Valley Trail and down in that area, Stone Creek, you know, they were a little bit of an intrusion for us. So it was a, uh, uh, it was... Uh, well, and it wasn't just a couple day event. It was... Oh, no. It a good, could, what, six, seven months of well, the, solid. Yeah, the, the tributes continued. 
Well, think about this. Uh, Prince passed away on April 21st, and uh, essentially uh, six months later, um, the uh, pe the um, uh, people involved at Paisley Park wanted to come forward and turn it into a museum. So there was there was also uh, the museum activity in in October of that year that uh, uh, citizens expressed their their views, both positive and negative, about the potential for Chadhassan for Paisley Park becoming a museum. So we managed through that as well. But all in all, I would say that um, Prince was a great citizen for Chanhassen. The citizens respected him with dignity and distance. Uh, it's interesting. I went into Cub Foods uh, and talked with the manager there. I didn't realize this, but the people who would become employees of Cub Foods actually had a training session on how to interact or not interact with Prince when he came in and bought groceries in the middle of the night at uh, Cub Foods. Uh, so we, he, was a, he was a great citizen, but the citizens also appreciated his presence here. Yeah. So do you want to talk about the museum the, the, a little bit about how that's evolved? And Well, I, I don't know much about the actual operation. I do know that uh, it, was, uh, it was originally a, uh, under the management of the, the same people who managed Graceland in, uh, in Memphis, uh, Elvis Presley's home. Uh, there's a big difference between the two activities. Um, Prince, the Paisley Park, uh, while he spent a good deal of his time uh, at Paisley Park during his final days, it really was a studio. Uh, it was a production studio f that was used not only by Prince, but by many artists that, mm -hmm. that came in. Um, and he had the foresight to recognize that one day it would become a museum. So uh, one of the first tours that I made, along with other city council members, we observed what Paisley Park was like before it became a museum, and it was it was readily apparent that Prince's plans were for it to be a museum. Um, it uh, it opened in uh, October of 2016, and uh, it became the the central uh, central point for uh, much of Prince celebration activities that occurred or have occurred every year since then. Um, I know there were thoughts and plans for uh, the museum to be a, uh, you know, to attract, you know, maybe three or four hundred thousand people a year. I don't think that it has. I know that originally it was open seven days a week, and I think they're now open five days a week. But Paisley Park, uh, under the management that they are, they currently have, uh, they too are acting as very good citizens in the community. Uh, they've followed the guidelines that city council and the city ordinances have provided to them for uh, managing um, uh, traffic flow and pedestrian safety and, and activities. Uh, so it, it's, it, I think it's been a good thing for, for yeah, the community. Yeah, they've, they've recently brought the management in-house. They're, they're no longer with the company that, right. mm -hmm. um, and they've got an on-site manager. And then we actually came to speak to the Rotary Club, and mm -hmm. we met the um, curator of all of the things. And I guess... Uh, it, Curator of all of the artifacts or all of the, the exact uh, artifacts uh, the, of, uh, let's say the costumes, the, as the, shoes, well as the, the memorabilia and guitars, motorcycles, all these things. All that, and yeah. they said they're just, uh, just an, an, a massive amount of things that, and they're able to rotate through. So they encourage people that are really diehard fans to come back sure. multiple times because it's always going to be a different experience. And, well, I noticed that so. just uh, within the last few days that in house management group has announced that the celebration which occurred in 2017, 18, and 19 uh, on the um, anniversary of Prince's death for 2000 or yeah for 2020 they will now have celebration during 
June, which is the time frame of his birth. Sure. So uh, a little more positive. And... I, I think that there are, that's probably a response to a couple things. Number one, it's a response to a recognition that the weather in Minnesota in April is a little bit, it can be questionable. Sometimes it snows in April. Sometimes um, it snows in June. And, <laughs> and, and moving it to June is I think is that's probably, a song, actually. But. <laughs> uh, moving it to June will probably, they'll be able to be more predictable with, with weather. And also, uh, they, they're probably thinking about an international audience. But well, Paisley, well, and it'll actually benefit Chanassin, too, because people will be able to take advantage of you know, some of the natural um, other amenities, sure. you know, parks and ARB and things like that. Um, talk about, I mean, Chan Hessen's really blessed from the standpoint of having some pretty significant um, uh, neighbors, as you would, yeah. mm-hmm. as you referred to, you know, whether it's the Dinner Theater, the Arboretum, uh, certainly now Paisley. Um, those things have all been uh, really very, very positive for the area at large. Absolutely. And uh, talk about the city's relationship with the Arboretum. Oh, well, not just the Arboretum, but those, if we talk about those three attractions, uh, the Arboretum, Chanhassen Dinner Theater, and Paisley Park, those three combined attractions bring in close to a million people to our community every year. The relationship with this, between the city of Chanhassen and the Arboretum has been, goes all the way back to 1958 when the Arboretum first had its, uh, um, uh, the idea of opening and um, uh, the city of Chanhassen has worked closely with the Arboretum. Arboretum has been a wonderful citizen as well in terms of, of um, uh, promoting the community. Uh, Chanhassen also promotes the community as well. Uh, we've, there certainly has been struggles associated with the, the attendance at the Arboretum. Um, Highway 5 is not real conducive to a safe entrance and departure from Arboretum. So... Uh, there's going to be some challenges over the next few years as the city of Chanhassen and the city of Victoria seek funding for the expansion of Highway 5. Uh, that'll make it a little bit safer. Uh, I've heard that potentially the main entrance to uh, the Arboretum will move to Minnewashta Parkway on Highway 5. Potentially a signal could be built there. That's not a guarantee, but uh, I know there's some lots of things in the works. And... There are things in the works related And actually, to... if people have uh, strong opinions on that, how would they, how would people? Uh, my guess is that they would likely make those known through the uh, city of Chanhassen um, website or the city of Victoria website. Um, a, a lot of that has to do with extending the four lanes from what currently stops at the Arboretum East entrance and extending that four lanes through to uh, to Victoria on Highway 5. And that the, the county, Carver County uh, commissioners are also involved in uh, planning and preparing for that as well. So the Arboretum has been a great relationship. That goes back to 1958. Then you think about the Chanhassen Dinner Theater. Uh, two years ago, they celebrated their 50th anniversary. They opened in October of 1968 when uh, uh, Herb and Carol Bloomberg uh, had the idea to, uh, uh, to build this. And what an incredible icon the Dinner Theater is. When you say Chanhassen anywhere in the upper Midwest and even around the around the nation and say the Chanhassen Dinner Theater, everybody says, oh yeah, I saw I Do, I Do, or I saw Oklahoma, or I saw Music Man. Um, so a great relationship between the Dinner Theater and, uh, and the city of Chanhassen and all of its residents. And once again, these are people who are coming to our community. Um, many times that when they're coming into the Dinner Theater, you know, they're, they're 
going to the shops or going to the gas station. They may stay overnight at the Country Inn and Suites or American or the Holiday Inn Express. So it's it's all about commerce and good commerce for the community of Chanhassen. Sure. One of the things you did for uh, as mayor that I thought was interesting is you had uh, coffee with Denny. Um, uh, the mayor is in. Or the mayor is in, sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, in. <laughs> so what were some of the biggest insights, maybe a couple of things that you you got from constituents that you thought were profound? Uh, well, let's see. Um, first of all, I, I tried the mayor is in holding holding those uh, sessions. Like Lucy yes. on Charlie Brown with yeah. the, <laughs> yes, the stand. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Uh, I tried doing that at City Hall and... Um, uh, there was a, uh, I'm not sure if it was a hesitance, but there, there was not a big outpouring of people coming to City Hall. Uh, then when I moved them to the local coffee shops and I would rotate between Starbucks, Caribou, and Dunn Brothers at, at that time, um, being where people would walk by, they would see my sign that says the mayor is in and they would sit down and chat. So that, that venue was a little bit more attractive. But one of the, uh, uh, there were several things that, that occurred, but one that really comes to mind is one of the first coffees that I had at City Hall, um, a resident of Chanhassen came by and he said, uh, Mayor, when are you going to fix the parking lot in front of the post office? And I said, wow, um, I didn't realize that that was a big issue. Anyway, I looked into that a little bit and I found that the post office actually leases space from a property owner who lived in Wyoming. I think it was uh, Wyoming or Montana. And so we looked into it a little bit further, and uh, it turns out that all we had to do was, you know, ask and put a little pressure on the property owner, and sure enough, he got it fixed. So this citizen came forward, and I remember who it was. I'm not going to say his name, but sure, sure. but he knows who it was, too. He came forward and showed us... If you're listening, way to go. <laughs> and he... Uh, so he made that happen, and that was a... That was a citizen-generated uh, idea and request. Um, there were some other uh, some other requests that came forward, and and I found the the one-on-one dialogue was quite um, quite worthwhile in terms of hearing and then giving citizens an opportunity to be heard as well. So very good, very good. Well, okay, so you're no longer the mayor That's as correct. of 2018, and uh, but it's not like you're home watching Dr. Phil, so. You... Who's Dr. Phil? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. So for so maybe just give us a sense of what are you what what are you working on now? Yeah. Well, um, I'm currently the executive director of the Open Hands Foundation. The Open Hands Foundation is a 501c3, operates in Chanhassen, and its primary initiative is to fund the operation of the Hope House. Hope House is a six bed emergency shelter for teens aged 14 through 19. Who are seeking a place, a safe place to stay right now, overnight. Um, they're in crisis in their home or in their current living situation because of um, abuse, uh, addiction, uh, mental health, um, could be any of a number of reasons. But when these kids, especially in our five target communities of uh, the communities of school districts in Chanhassen, Chaska, Waconia, Eden Prairie, and Minnetonka, there are many, several communities there. When those kids feel unsafe at home, they have a place that they can call to get an emergency shelter overnight. And the phone number is 612-900-2077. So these teens 
And uh, by the way, the Hope, the Hope House opened in November of 2015. In the last four years, that Hope House has sheltered over 300 teens from around the, not only Carver County, in fact, principally from Hennepin County, uh, but from counties as far away as Winona County, Stearns County, Chisago County. The Hope House is a program, is really a partnership between Open Hands Foundation and 180 Degrees. 180 Degrees is the licensed operator. They're licensed by the state of Minnesota, Department of Health and Human Services. So they are licensed to operate this house as a teen shelter. And um, uh, this is in our community. Uh, the building is actually on the campus of Westwood Church. And when I was on the board back in 2010, board of Westwood Church, um, I was part of the, uh, the leadership that asked that a task force be initiated to find needs that are being unmet in the community. And this task okay. force called Vision 2020 found that homeless teens was a need that was not being met. There was, um, you know, long-term uh, housing, transition housing that was being met by launch uh, ministries in Chaska. There were uh, uh, food shelf activities that were being met, but the emergency shelter for teens in our Southwest Metro area was not being met. And that's what the Hope House does. And the Open Hands Foundation r raises money to uh, support the operation of that. We do a number of different things. If people are interested in getting involved with Open Hands Foundation, my best suggestion would be to go to our website, uh, www.openhandsfoundation.com, and they can learn about not only the uh, Hope House, but they can learn about different activities that we have involved. We have an event coming up in May of 2020 that will be a baseball-themed event that will raise awareness about the Hope House and the needs of teens in crisis, and it will be all surrounding a... Uh, uh, a day of baseball, May 16th, uh, it's a Saturday, and we'll have two games that day between uh, Minnetonka and Chaska and between Eden Prairie and Chanhassen, and there will be uh, all sorts of activities uh, that day, and we'll, we'll need plenty of volunteers to help us put that event together. Terrific. That sounds like a fun afternoon. It'll be a great day. Weather's it's, going to be great, too, because well, we know the National Weather Service got the National here weather in Chanhassen, right, right, right. they control the weather in Chanhassen. <laughs> So the other ways that people can get involved with Hope House, are there volunteer op opportunities as well, or is it a financial uh, the, uh, type of thing? Or? Uh, we're always looking for financial support, and we would greatly appreciate anybody. And again, you can go to openhandsfoundation.com. And it's .com, not .org. Right, it's okay. .com. And uh, it's, uh, there's a donate here, and we take contributions of any size, and we are greatly appreciative of any of those contributions because they will help fund the operation. Uh, but I would say um, my email and uh, phone number is listed on that website. You can find me, and I'm, I'm very involved in the planning and preparation for this baseball-themed event coming up in May, and uh, we're looking for people to help us make that uh, success as well. Terrific. Well, Denny, again, we want to be respectful of your time. I appreciate you've been just a, a wealth of information, and I appreciate you sharing, and I also appreciate the service that you give to the community and your enthusiasm for Chan Asin and Eastern Carver County. And, um, this was an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. My pleasure, Greg. Thanks.